0: Hey, Fire fans, welcome back to Feed the Fire, a Chicago Fire podcast. We are looking ahead to the Chicago Fire's next match at home against the Red Bulls of New York. Now, the Fire are coming off a disappointing 2-1 loss in Atlanta, while the Red Bulls are coming off an even more disappointing 2-0 loss to Montreal. So what will these teams look like? What form will they be in? And what will the result of the match be? We're going to preview the teams and give you our predictions, so stay tuned. Hey, soccer fans. Once again, Nick is here with you on the Feed the Fire podcast, looking at all things Chicago Fire and touching on some of the big things around Major League Soccer. This show is brought to you by Skira Icelandic Spring Water, available at your local 7-Eleven. So if you're out and thirsty, especially with the summer heat coming, eventually, right? The summer heat is supposed to get here at some point in the Chicago area. I mean, it's it's April 28th, and I'm yelling at my kids to put coats on before they go to school. My son is, is fighting me, saying, fine, if I put a coat on, can I still wear shorts? I can't play soccer at recess in pants, Dad. This is the struggle of living in the Midwest. This is the struggle of the Chicagoland area. But, yeah, when the hot weather does come, make sure you get a bottle of Skira Icelandic spring water from your local 7-Eleven. All right. I'm publishing this episode a little later, uh, so I apologize for that, but it's been a busy week. Had a couple funerals, had a couple soccer practices, but that just means I'm even more excited to be breaking down this match coming up with all of you here. The Fire are sitting in 10th place. They are hosting the 13th-placed Red Bulls. Could be a great opportunity for Chicago to, to grab a point or three and move up the standings a bit while keeping another Eastern Conference opponent down. But let's see how it stacks up and if it's as cut and dry as that, right? The match is Saturday, April 29th, 7.30 p.m. at Soldier Field. It's on MLS Season Pass, so I hope you guys can find a place to watch it. Now, looking at the Chicago Fire lineup, I think just about all their players, if not all their players, are going to be available in this squad. I don't think anyone is out, uh, but make sure you're following along. You never know what happens uh, in training on Thursday or Friday or in the pre-match warm-ups, especially given all the hamstring injuries that the Fire players have had thus far. Uh, but we, we saw Federico Navarro playing in the U.S. Open Cup match this week. We saw Gaston Jimenez playing in that same match. Wednesday night against Chicago House Athletic Club, so they look to have their full complement of players available. Uh, Shakiri was not available in that match, so I'm assuming that was just precautionary. Coach's decision, keep him out. Like, why bother, play, you know, playing your eight million dollar player uh, at a against an amateur team and risk picking up an injury? So I'm sure that is uh, the case there. Additionally, we saw. Miguel Navarro and Jonathan Dean play a full 90 minutes in that Chicago House US Open Cup match. So I would look for Suket to start in the back, probably with the Seves. The only way I would see that not happening, again, because you have your t- two guys who had been starting playing a full 90 midweek. Uh, but the only way I wouldn't see a Seves and uh, Suket starting would be if Ezra wants to change the formation to go to a three-center-back formation. And at that point, you'll have Chihos, Tehran, and maybe Burks, maybe Ohmsburg. Burks and Ohmsburg both played in that match uh, against House on Wednesday. Uh, Burks actually had two goals in that match, so not a bad outing for him. Uh, But again, take it with a grain of salt. They're playing amateur side, Chicago House. So we will see what Ezra rolls out, but I would imagine it's going to be his typical four-man back line with a -A 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 Seves- Chihos, Tehran, and Suquet along the back. And I would expect to see Jimenez and Federico Navarro starting at at the defensive mid positions. Uh, Those were the starters at the beginning of the season. Uh, Ezra's had to change things up a bit just because of injuries and yellow card and red card suspensions. Uh, But again, these are his two starters. They both played a little bit. They got a run out. uh, So some kind of game speed on Wednesday night. And I would expect to see them back. And the fire have kind of their almost their first choice defense, uh, give or take a Miguel Navarro, right? I think the fire are going to be pretty solid in the back. Here's hoping, but the big questions we've been looking at are on offense. How do they get Shakiri and Brian Gutierrez playing together? And how do they get the squad playing cohesively around them? Now I'm not saying Gutierrez and Shakiri don't play well together, but you've got two guys who are used to, to playing, uh, that facilitating role that offensive creating role albeit Gutierrez seems to be much more successful in the middle of the field and Shakiri throughout his career has played out on the wing as well as centrally so I would love to see Shakiri on on the right wing Mueller on the left wing and Gutierrez playing centrally in my opinion that's the best way to do it to get everyone in in a a good position and to have your best players out on the field. That way it allows you to bring Hiro Torres and Marin Haile Selassie off the bench, uh, bringing them in, in winger roles in case Mueller looks winded or you can rest Mueller. The guy's putting in a lot of minutes and he goes 110% every time he is on the field. So you can give Mueller some rest, uh, if you're chasing the game, you can bring in some offensive players. And and even if, if you're not chasing the game, you can take Shakiri out and bring in one of those guys. Because as we all know, Shakiri doesn't play defense. So I think that's the way to go with it. It gives you a little bit more flexibility. But additionally, according to the website PFF, I think it's pro football focus and, and they're expanding into European football. Um, Brian Gutierrez scored a 95.8 passing grade in their last match against Atlanta, and that's the highest recorded passing grade in a single MLS game this season. So whatever pro PFF's metrics are, Brian Gutierrez had the best passing game of the season so far against Atlanta. It only resulted in one Chicago goal and not a lot of great expected goals or great chances, but still, you saw Gutierrez is very comfortable on the ball and he's making good passes. He's making high quality passes and he's completing them. Uh, if you look at FBREF.com, they showed that in that match, Gutierrez played a lot, a lot of short passes. So he is really linking up with the defensive midfielders, and also trying to play a little bit of one-two on the offensive end of things. So we know that Gutierrez has now become kind of the motor that drives this team, the combustion engine for the fire. Can we say that? <laughs> um, so we got to have Gutierrez essentially if the fire is going to have success, in my opinion. Also, we know the Red Bulls like to play without the ball. They are very pressing, counter-pressing, type of team and if you look throughout the season the Red Bulls only are averaging about a 45ish percent possession uh per game. So they do not like to have the ball, they like to counterattack. And so having Gutierrez maintain possession uh as as well as working with Shakiri linking up with the defense to transition to offense is going to be key in this matchup against Red Bull. Uh, as far as up front i don't see ezra switching away from kai kamara as the starter as much as i would love to see Kuzius get a run of starts in under his belt and build up his confidence a bit i think once he finds that first goal then he'll he'll be able to get some starting minutes and get get called up for that starting 11 at this point ezra has just too much trust in kai they have a long history going way back to their playing days and, and kai's producing to a certain extent. Uh, we haven't seen Shabilko Produce that much at the MLS level. He did get uh, the goal last week against Atlanta. Um, he did have one other goal in league play. And one goal during uh, the US Open Cup. Against Chicago House. So maybe he is starting to find a little bit. Of his old form. The, the striker that the fire paid. Uh, Philadelphia for. Uh, but at the same time. I still think we see Kai getting the start. And then depending on how the game state is. Uh, he will likely bring in Kuzias around the 60-65th minute, Uh, but if they really are chasing, hey, maybe they bring both of them in. We see that Shabilko likes to drop deeper, and maybe he can link up with Gutierrez and create some offense that way. Now let's flip to the other side of the field and take a look at the Red Bulls of New York, what we can expect from them. The big news, though, is that they have three starters who are likely out this match. And I think the Red Bulls website even did list them as out. Lukinius, Lewis Morgan, and Kyle Duncan are all out or will likely be out. And even the Red Bulls website is like, well, where are we going to score goals? If you look, the Red Bulls have only scored uh, two goals twice this season. Otherwise it's been one or none goals. They are not uh, converting opportunities. They are not a high powered offense, despite the counter pressing and quick counterattacking. Uh, the Red Bulls have lined up over the last three games in a 3-4-1-2 or, or maybe kind of a modified 3-5-2, if you want to think of it that way, as well as a 4-2-3-1 formation. Uh, but given the style that they play, formations may not mean much. It's just kind of maybe a way to organize yourselves defensively. Uh, but we know the fire, at least with Shakiri on the field, he's going to be looking for quick counterattacks. So hopefully they can catch the Red Bulls out of position But that's kind of the same thing the Red Bulls want to do to the fire and any opposition they play is catch them out of position. Additionally, if you like expected goals, if you like following that stat, if that means something to you, the Red Bulls are really underperforming their expected goal models, which is typical for a team that does play a counterattacking style because they are getting a lot of quick opportunities and they may not be the, uh, you know, they may not be the best opportunities. They may not be converting on them, but they're generating a lot. So let's just hope that Chicago's defense doesn't collapse. Like we've seen it so many times in the past and allow Red Bulls to kind of get back to, to the average or get back to what the projections are saying. Maybe they can keep them down for one more week couple other key stats looking at the Red Bulls this week, and this is according to fbref.com. Red Bull has allowed the least amount of shots on target this season. So whatever they're doing defensively, whether it's shape, whether it's pressing, whatever they're doing defensively is working to a large extent. However, of those 22 shots on target, again, lowest in MLS, seven have gone in, and they only have one win on the season. I think one yeah one win on the season um the problem also is a little bit of goalkeeping they only have 15 saves out of 22 shots on target that is the four uh, that is tied for the least amount of saves as a raw number but their save percentage at 63% is the fourth worst in the league so the fire need to take advantage of some suspect goalkeeping in the red bull net I don't think the Red Bulls do any one thing particularly well, but when you combine their high energy, their pressing, their counterattacking, pushing players up the field, uh, and doing just, you know, a lot, not allowing a lot of uh, shots, you do that, that gives them an opportunity to win. The Fire, I think, are similar in the sense they don't do any one thing particularly well. But as Gutierrez continues to mature and the game slows down for him, he'll be able to start picking passes out. And maybe the fire will become a much better counterattacking team. I think the fire's defense has been their strong suit, not just last season, but this season as well. And they just have to kind of clean up their transition defense. They're getting beat uh, in transition. They're scrambling on set pieces to find their marks. So if they can clean that up, then I'll say, well, the fire are a defensive team first and then Gutierrez can shuttle the ball between defense and offense and really spring some counters. I think this game, one of the things to watch also is Ezra Hendrickson's substitution patterns. If he screws up his subs because Red Bulls can run you into the ground, if he screws his subs up, if he doesn't make the right moves at the right times, especially if he, if he has to bring guys in in the 75th, 80, 85th minute, I think at that point it's too late. He needs to be looking to bring in fresh legs in the 60th minute, if not earlier, depending on how the game is flowing. And But if he screws these subs up, Red Bulls could take advantage and they could steal a point or three on the road. Now, let's look at some trivia, some history between these two teams, and then we'll get into our predictions and touch on some things around the league here. All right. Last week, I ranted Against the Chicago Fire. Now, I'm not like Berto White Sox level rant. And if you haven't heard this, go find it. It was on ESPN 1000. A local fan going by Berto calls in to ESPN and just goes on like this eight-minute tirade against all things White Sox. From the top levels of ownership down to the guys who, who are pitching, right? I didn't get there in my rant. But if they blow this game to Red Bulls, I very well could be. Again, this is a prime opportunity for the Fire to get back into the win column. And if they screw it up, there might not be much hope for this season. Red Bull has one loss and four draws in their last five. So they're they're coming in very, very mediocre. But I'm not too confident given the way the Fire have been playing. Looking at the odds, though, they are slight favorites for BetMGM. This is as of Friday morning, the 28th. The Fire are plus 140. Red Bull are plus 190. And the draw is plus 220. Maybe there's some value on that draw. Go find uh, a friend of mine, um, Bob Ventimiglia at I-80 Sports. Big Red Bull fan. Great with his uh, betting picks. Go find him. We'll see what he has to say about this match. Additionally, a little history between the two teams here. Corey Burke, formerly of the Union, now with Red Bull. Throughout his MLS history, he has scored nine goals against the Chicago Fire. That is the third most of any MLS player against a single opponent. The other two, Carlos Vela, who has 12 goals against the Galaxy, and Raul Ruiz Diaz of Seattle, who has 11 goals against the Timbers. And those are rivalry matches. They're playing them twice a year, plus, you know, you see him in the playoffs, right? The Chicago Fire and Philly, I don't think have met in the playoffs in a long time, just because Chicago hasn't been in the playoffs for a long time. And I don't even think the Fire have been playing Philly twice a year um, over the last several years. They, they did last year, I believe, and they're doing it again this year. But, but still, for Corey Burke to drop nine goals in his career against the Chicago Fire, that could bode well for Red Bulls here. So, in summary here, right? On one hand, Red Bulls play decent defense, have a hard time scoring. On the other hand, Chicago plays decent defense except for the transition moments we've talked about, and also has trouble scoring, though the Fire have had a couple three-game performances this season. So in light of all of that, I am predicting a 2-2 draw here at home. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Fire sneak out a 2-1 or 3-2 victory, uh, just given the Red Bulls' offensive struggles. But knowing that the Red Bulls would probably be happy with a point on the road, I, I would anticipate them kind of bunkering late in that game, uh, and preserving whatever goals they have. So that's why I'm going with a 2-2 draw, despite the odds makers over at BetMGM. Let me know what you think in the comments. Find me on social media at Glass House Soccer or email me, GlassHouseSoccer at gmail.com. Now to touch on a few other things going around in the MLS before we wrap today, U.S. Open Cup updates here. The Chicago Fire, like I mentioned, beat amateur side Chicago House 3-0. Uh, Shabilko scores. Kendall Burks gets 2 I'm not taking anything from the match. You're playing an amateur side at at Bridgeview Stadium in, in midweek. I'm not I'm not going to take much from it, right? I people tried to analyze it and say like, "Oh, well, you never know with the fire and this. no, it, it's an amateur side. I'm not going to take it. In fact, I I was led, I was writing my kids quotes down while we were watching the game, um letting them make the make the calls on Twitter, right? Not going to take much from it. Moving forward though, you know, I also look at the lineups, right? It was it was all your your bench players who were getting the bulk of the minutes, and Ezra just trying to get Jimenez and Navarro back into in, into some game minutes, right? But looking forward, we all know that the U.S. Open Cup draws geographically. So, who do the Fire get in their next round? St. Louis, let the rivalry begin. This is how MLS clubs have built rivalries traditionally. Over the last 25-plus years of MLS, it's been in the U.S. Open Cup where they get to see some familiar teams geographically as well. Let the rivalry begin. I hope that this is just a great match. Either give me like a one nothing fire win in just a scrappy, physical, gutted out type of environment. Or give me like a 4-3 fire win where everyone's just going nuts and it's just a track meet on offense. And you've got Gutierrez feeding Coutias, and you've got Klaus like knocking one off the post late. Otherwise, they would have won the game. You know, something crazy like that. I want to see that as a fan. Let's get the rivalry with St. Louis started the right way, especially before we see them in the regular season. Now, the other two teams in the Fires group are Minnesota and Philadelphia. Uh, however, the U.S. Open Cup, they, they do these geographic draws. So you can kind of see who who's going to be with you looking forward. But they redraw these groups right before the round of 16. And then out of these geographic groups is where they're filling the bracket. And then it's a bracket when you get down to the final 16 all the way to the final. So I'm speculating ahead. If the Fire get past St. Louis then they may end up facing Minnesota or Columbus, likely. that w- Those would be my two, I think, geographically closest teams. But you never know, depending on what else is going around, around the cup and the country. Maybe you get a SKC or a Cincinnati. You never know. Or Philadelphia. Who knows? All right. Looking at some notable matches around the league. These are the three matches I'm going to keep an eye on outside of Chicago Red Bulls. Nashville-Atlanta, that looks like a really interesting matchup. These are two teams who really have aspirations to finish, you know, top three, four in the Eastern Conference. So this would be a very good measuring stick for both of these teams as we are, you know, right around the 25% quarter mark of the season. New England is hosting Cincinnati. Top two teams in the Eastern Conference. Big game here for shield implications, for seeding implications, and just for bragging rights and confidence as you go into your the rest of the season here. Uh looking out west, there's a lot of non-conference games, but I'm going to keep an eye on Kansas City who's hosting Montreal. This is the battle of the bottom here people, battle of the bad, the two worst teams in their conferences are going to at it. Montreal coming off of, you know, two nothing victory uh over Red Bull in league play, Kansas City coming off of a three nothing US Open Cup win against Tulsa. Maybe that'll get their offensive mojo going. We will see what happens in this match. So with that, Fire fans, enjoy the match against Red Bulls. MLS fans, enjoy all the matches going on this weekend. Remember to stop by your local 7-Eleven. Grab a bottle of Skira as you're pumping your gas, as you're making your road trips to the stadium. Run into that 7-Eleven. Get a couple bottles of Skira. Enjoy the best mineral water that is out there. Make sure that you're following, rating, reviewing, sharing the show on YouTube, on Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And let's keep the conversation going. Fire fans, MLS fans, enjoy everything this weekend. Thanks.